0: Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys today, and I just want to thank God for the opportunity to share with you uh, this is our first time to Texas, uh, into Bay City at least. And uh, like Pastor Noe was saying, before I get started this morning, I just want to thank God because uh, I know all of you know that the body of Christ is based and built on relationships. Amen. And it's such a blessing to be partnered with local, local churches and local pastors that have the same vision and, and desire to see God and the kingdom of God built And in and around the world. And so we met your pastors, like you said, about three years ago. I think it may have been a little bit longer than that. Now I was was thinking about that this morning, but it's just been a blessing to get to know them. And we're excited to be here with you. And when he was telling me that uh, he was going to be doing this uh, series on the gospel, and I was very excited. I said, man, I'm in. Absolutely. And that's something that's Very near and dear to uh, my wife and I's heart. And like Pastor Becky was saying, my wife Crystal sends her regards. She wasn't able to be with me this morning, but we're looking forward to the next trip so that she would get an opportunity to meet you guys as well. And uh, that that little video I showed, there's actually been a lot of updates since that. It's not going to be three conferences now. It's actually going to be five. I'm going to be in Peru uh, for 22 days in the jungle. And we've got those 200 filters, praise God. We have those filters purchased, and they're already there waiting on us. We've got the buckets. We've got everything uh, together. And so we're getting ready to go with some Peruvian pastors up. We're going to be on the Amazon River, the Ucayali River, and uh, one other river that I cannot pronounce the name of. And so (laughs) I appreciate your prayers, and uh, we're just believing God for some powerful things. And I want to just encourage you, if you would, uh, I don't know if we've got that slide that has our uh, our social media stuff, but if you want to get connected and see what we're doing, you can see there, and uh, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram or you know all of the social media stuff we're on, and that'll just give you an opportunity to know what we're doing. We try to update that stuff in real time when we're in the country, and we really covet your prayers because we go into some places where we really <laughs> we really need prayer, and so I appreciate you uh, being willing to pray for us with that. And uh, I don't want to take a whole lot of time on that. I want to just go ahead and get into the word this morning. And so I'm excited to have the opportunity to share with you today about the power of your testimony. And I'm going to talk about that and I'm going to talk about my testimony. I want to talk about your testimony and some testimonies from scripture so that we can see how God will use those things to not only change your life, but to change the lives of others around you. Amen. How many of you love a good story? You know, I mean, everybody loves a good story. All the movies are are good stories. All books are, are good stories, and everybody loves a good story. Uh, your family has family stories. How many of you know what I'm talking about? My kids, we laugh because my kids love to hear stories of when I was a little boy. How many of you dads know what I'm talking about? My my kids used to tell me all the time, especially when they're small, dad, tell us again about that time when you were little and you did that. And then they've heard the story a hundred times, but they still laugh and they love to hear that. And it, it's something that that unites our family and brings us together. As a matter of fact, my youngest daughter, we used to laugh because she loved those stories so much, she would begin to tell stories. And instead of telling her own story, she would tell my stories and start out when I was a little boy. And everybody would look and be like, what in the world? And we would all laugh, and then she would tell the stories of when I was a little boy. And so you understand what I'm talking about? Stories are such a powerful thing. And the Gospels are basically a collection of true stories about Jesus Christ and his interaction with people and how when Jesus interacted with people, they were never the same again. Their life changed. Something took place in them and changed them. And so we want to talk about that this morning. And if you've got your Bibles with you, we're going to be in the book of Mark to start with, chapter 5. And I want to talk to you this morning about a story that you're probably very familiar with. And I want to tell you this story, and then I want to look at a couple of verses in this chapter that I think will really set up what we're talking about. And so I want to go to the Lord in prayer, and then I'm going to share with you this story of the demoniac from the Gadarenes, and we're going to look at his story and see how we can learn something from his story that will help us be able to share our story. Amen? So, Father, I just come to you right now in Jesus' name, and I thank you for this church. I thank you for the believers that are gathered here together today. Lord, I thank you for the power that is in their testimony. God, I thank you for the power that is in your word. And I pray today, Father, that you would move in this place in a powerful and mighty way by your Holy Spirit. Father, we ask you to come and breathe upon your word. Lord, we ask you that you would help the the word go forward with power and anointing. And if there are people here today that don't have a story with you, that today would be the day that... That their story would begin with you father god today would be the day that their testimony begins god we thank you for it we give you praise for it in jesus name now many of you that grew up in church and and have have been our are, our are, are students of the bible are going to know this story very well there was a demoniac of the gatherings the bible talks about in mark chapter 5 and this man was oppressed by the devil Uh, He was so oppressed by the devil that he would live in the tombs and he would cry out, and nobody was able to deliver him. He would shriek out, he would cut himself with stones. Uh, If you tried to go by that way, he would come out and just unleash hell on you. It was a terrible thing. And people didn't even go down that road because they were afraid of what this guy was going to do. He was known in the community. And, and it was a terrible situation. And then all of a sudden, one day, Jesus comes to that area. And when Jesus comes, the demons in this man, he runs to Jesus and he falls at Jesus' feet. And to make a long story short, you can read the rest of the chapter. Jesus casts those demons out of that man and sends them into a herd of pigs. They run off the cliff and drown. And then what happens is, is when people see that man, he is seated at the feet of Jesus clothed and in his right mind and how many of you know everybody that knew him before knows something has happened to this guy something has changed like we used to chain him up and he was so powerful, he would break the chains that we're trying to do. See, what we understand, one of the things we understand through this story is Jesus doesn't come to put chains on you and stop you from doing what you want to do. He comes to set you free and liberate you from the inside so that you become a person that is a new creation in Christ. Amen? And many of us have experienced that in our lives. Now I want you to notice verses 19 through 20, and I want to read this to you. And then we want to get into this this morning. This man wanted to go with Jesus because he was set free. He wanted to follow Jesus. And it says, however, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. I want you to notice what Jesus told him Is he said, listen, I want you to go and tell your friends what I've done for you, and I want you to give glory to me from your life. And so what we see from this is Jesus expects us to tell others what he's done for us. How many of you can say amen to that? If Jesus has done something in your life, it's not for you to keep silent about it's not for you to hold it in but your testimony of Jesus moving in your life is actually one of the most powerful weapons that you have in order to share the gospel now the gospel is his story your testimony is your story and if you learn how to work together with those his story leads to your story and your story leads to his story And so we're going to talk about that this morning, how I as a believer can share my story with other people and see God do the same thing in my life or in their life that God has done in my life. Jesus wants us to share what he's done. Now, when we share what Jesus has done for us, just like Jesus said, people will marvel and give their hearts to Jesus. I'm telling you, it's an amazing thing the more you begin to walk with the Lord and you begin to have the faith to just step out and tell somebody that's hurting what Jesus has done in your life. And then you get to look at them and see tears come down their face and them give their life to Jesus, not in the church, but at your job or in the supermarket or or at your mother's house or wherever it may be. It's an amazing thing when we begin to share our testimony. I want to encourage you this morning, if we don't tell others what Jesus has done for us, who's going to tell him? If you don't tell your story about how Jesus has changed your life, who do you think is going to tell it? And I think the more we look at this, if we don't tell our coworkers and friends the great things God has done for us, then who will? Pastor Noe can't go to your work. He can't go into your, your, uh, your school. He can't go in. He doesn't have the same circle of friends you do. And a lot of times when I pastor, people say, Pastor, I got this friend and I want to introduce him to you so you can share the gospel with him. And I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, Hey, why don't you introduce them to Jesus and you share the gospel with them, right? It's good. We, we like sharing the gospel with people, but one of the things we like to see is other people sharing the gospel. Amen? Now, I want you to think really quickly about this guy, and I want to kind of give you maybe a little bit of what his testimony must have been like when he was traveling in the Decapolis. He was traveling in those 10 cities, and he was sharing what Jesus had done with him because the people in those cities didn't know him. They didn't know where he came from. They didn't know what he had been delivered from, but when he began to open his mouth and declare what God had done for him, there was a power that was released that backed up what he was saying, amen? And many times where you're going, people are not gonna know your past, but what they're gonna know is the presence of God that is in your life when you begin to share what Jesus has done for you, amen? And so his testimony might've been something like this, you know, the man that you see standing before you today, he's in his right mind, he's full of joy and peace and love, but I wanna tell you this morning, that's not the man that I used to be. Uh, I can take no credit for my current position. I was so oppressed by the devil that people could not even be around me. I screamed out and I cut myself and I had suicidal thoughts and all of these things was going on in my life. And then one day I I, I had no hope and one day I met a man and I fell at his feet and with a word he spoke over me and broke my chains off and I got up from that place and I'm a different man now. I live in a different way. Can you imagine the power of that testimony. And, and can you imagine how many people's lives that touched? And what we know is, is that when Jesus went back to the Decapolis, if you read that whole story, what happened is they actually kicked Jesus out of that region. When they saw those all those dead pigs and you would think they would say, man, this guy just got saved and healed. We want you in here. And they actually said, get out of here. We don't want you. But when Jesus went back to the Decapolis, when he got there, because of the testimony of this man, they were bringing the sick to him. They were bringing everybody they could because they had heard about a man that had changed his life. And I want to tell you today, there are people waiting on you right now. And when they hear about how Jesus has changed your life, They're going to give their lives to him because of what he's done in your life. Amen? If you'll be faithful to share and tell what Jesus has done. Now, your testimony is going to lead others to accept Christ if you share it. If you share it. But if you keep it to yourself, nobody's going to know. I don't know about you, but when I've got good news, I cannot stop from talking about it. You know, I remember one time years ago, I found out that Chick fil A had been giving away free chicken minis every Thursday morning for months, and nobody had told me about it. And I was mad at every one of my friends. I was calling them. Hey, I said, I, I called one of my buddies. I said, Did you know that Chick fil A is giving away free chicken minis for anybody in the car on Thursday mornings? And he's like, Yeah, I knew that a couple months ago. I said, I thought we were friends. I thought, you, I thought you and I were close. And, you know, you can't keep good news to yourself. If you keep that good news to yourself, you don't really love that other person. I mean, if you're going to keep chicken minis from me, that's one thing. But don't keep Jesus from me. If he's changed your life, chicken minis will change your life, but not like Jesus will. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's, it's something that we want to share with others what he's done, this guy was a front runner for Jesus in those cities. And as he went around and began to share, people were open when they, when they had that encounter with Jesus. And I want you today to see the power that's in your testimony. There's power in your testimony. You probably, not many people are going to have a testimony as dramatic as the demoniac of the Gadarenes. I mean, that's, that's pretty dramatic. Not everybody's going to have that, but your testimony is powerful nonetheless, not because of what happened before, but because it's true to you and other people need to hear how God has interacted in your life and changed you. Amen? So I want to encourage you today to see the power that's in your testimony, and I want to help you understand how to put it together and how to share it with others so that it can be a powerful and effective tool in your arsenal as you go out to make disciples of of others for Jesus' name. Amen? So I want to give you uh, two definitions of testimony, I want to share with you. The first definition is an open declaration or profession. Brother, uh, uh pastor this morning was, was talking about that very thing. Uh, it, it's an open profession. It's, it's me declaring something. It's me declaring, and let me just, let me help you uh, with something. I, I've talked to people, and I used to feel this way, and I'd be like, well, what if I'm sharing with somebody, and I don't know what, they ask me a question I don't know the answer to. Can I, can I help you with that? Has that? Have you ever thought about that, man? If they ask me a question about God that I don't know, you know what the real simple thing to do is, is say, I don't know. Isn't that freeing? You know, there's so many. If I knew everything about God, I would be God and I wouldn't need Him. There's so many things about God I do not understand, but let me tell you what I do understand. I do understand that I was lost and now I'm found. I do understand that I was blind and now I can see. I do understand that I used to be sick and God healed me. I do understand those things so I can't dwell on what I don't understand because what does a witness do or what does someone who gives testimony do? I can only testify to what? What I've seen, what I've heard, and what I've experienced. And let me tell you this morning, I I have seen and heard and experienced that the Lord is good. Amen? Amen. And you can do that no matter what question somebody has. The second part of your testimony is it's the evidence in support of a fact or statement, a proof. So if we look at the first definition, my testimony is what I say. And the second part of that definition it's how I act. My testimony, what I say and how I act becomes my testimony. So if I'm talking about Jesus, but I'm living like the devil, that's not a good testimony, right? And let me, let me just help you with this, because how many, like so many people think that they've got to be perfect in the world in order to share their faith. I'm not going to, I talk to people and they say, well, I'm not going to say anything about Jesus because I know I make mistakes, and I want to just, you know, let my light shine, and, and I'll say something if I have to. Well, that's a good That's good in theory, but people still need to hear the gospel. So let me help you. If you're in the world and you're in a secular job, and I've had to do this so many times, where maybe somebody says something that I don't like and I blow up on them. Oh, my gosh. You mean pastors do that? Yeah, pastors do that. They're not perfect. You know, things happen. What do I do in that situation? I tell you what I do. I humble myself and I go back to that person and I say, Listen, let me tell you something. The way I just acted, Jesus would not act that way. And I'm growing and I'm learning. And so I want to come and repent to you and tell you, please forgive me for that, the way I just acted. That was not how Jesus would have acted. And I should not have acted that way. And I want to apologize to you. You know what happens when you do that? People look at that and they see, wait a second. There's something different about this person. They're not trying to pretend like they've got it all together. Their testimony is not that I came to Jesus and he set me free and now I have no more problems and my life is roses and all these things. No, I'm going to go through things and I'm going to have. But listen, let me tell you what happened. When I asked him to forgive me, what did he do? He came back and he forgave me and he set me right back in the place of victory in my life and I'm going forward with him and I'm going to continue to do that. And so if I mess up again... I'm going to come and ask you to forgive me, and I'm going to do my best not to do that again. Isn't that freeing? To know you don't have to be perfect. Jesus is perfect. You know, let that, let that set with you for a little while. You know, the thing I want to encourage you is your testimony is not secondhand information. It's not something that you memorize. It's not a script. It's not a, it's not a thing like that. What is it? It's, it's, it's something that you have experienced. It's not something that you've read. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, a person with an experience is never at the mercy of a person with an argument. You know, you, you, may, you may try to tell me that chicken-fried deer steak is not good, but I want to tell you something. I had some last night in a restaurant here. I'm from Alabama, y'all, and I, I like to think I'm a hunter and I've I've had a lot of good deer steak. I've never had chicken-fried deer steak. That was amazing. And you may try to tell me that ain't good, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's too late. Why? Because I've already tasted it. I know it's good. Now, you may argue with me all day and say, no, it's not good. This is wine, that's wine. No, no, I've already tasted this thing. And so the man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. So you may run into people that have arguments about why they don't believe the Bible and why they don't believe Jesus, but let me tell you what they can't argue with. They can't argue with what he's done in your life. They can't argue with how he's changed you. When they see that difference, you can say, listen, I've already tasted the Lord and I can tell you he's good. Amen? He's good. I want to go to the word right now and I want to share with you just a couple of, of, of testimonies From people in Scripture, I want to go to one in the New Testament, one in the Old Testament. Then I'm going to share my testimony with you and a few examples of, of how that's happened in my life. And then I want to help you today before we go to craft your own testimony. I want to help you to understand the parts of it and how to get it together so that you can have it down where you can share it in two minutes. I want to tell you, if you can get your testimony down to one page and you think through it and you ask God to help you and you can share it in two minutes, let me tell you so many ways that you can share it. One of the things I love to do is when I get out to pump gas, it takes about two to three minutes to pump and fill up your tank. And sometimes, you know that awkward kind of time you have with that person across and it's like, hey, how's it going, man? Yeah, it's going good. Or some people just like looking at you like, get out of here. What are you doing? You know, I don't want to talk to you weirdo. Why are you talking to me at the gas pump? It's like one of the things I like to do is I just start off and I'll just be like, you know, man, the weather's nice today, isn't it? I mean, I I just try, I experiment with different little things. Man, it's nice. Or if the weather's bad, man, the weather's bad. Or maybe I see they've got a a hat about something and I say, man, you're a fan of there. Okay. And I just start a natural conversation with them. And then I'm praying. And if I feel like God wants me to share with them, I say, hey, can I share with you really quick what Jesus has done in my life? Two minutes, man. And I just share. And guess what? They can't go anywhere because they're filling up their tank with gas, right? And then what you've done is you've planted a little seed in that person's life, and they're probably going to go around, and now they're going to have a testimony and say, I was at the gas station today, and y'all ain't never going to believe what happened. This crazy guy started talking to me about Jesus. But you have no idea how that might impact a person's life. And if you have that testimony ready you have an opportunity to share that in so many different places. And you'll be amazed that when you polish that thing and you get it ready, and it's the, it's the thing and you're praying for people before you go out in the day, God will set you up with divine appointments to be able to share that testimony with other people. Amen? So let's look at this one, uh, this one situation in the Bible with the Samaritan woman at the well. This is a real famous chapter in the Bible, John chapter 4. And I want to just share her real quickly. I don't have time to read all of this because you can go back and read this. It's in John chapter 4. And so basically there was a Samaritan woman at the well, and we know the story. Most of us know this story very well. Jesus had gone to this well, and this woman was drawing well. Uh, she was drawing water, and Jesus tells her, hey, give me some water. And she goes, uh, you know, who, who are you to ask me? For some water, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan. We don't have any dealings with each other. And Jesus said, listen, if you knew who I was, you'd ask me for some living water and you'd never thirst again. And Jesus gets into this conversation with the woman and basically what happens is he gives her a prophetic word, a word of knowledge about her not having a husband, and she gets so and she gets so touched and changed by Jesus, she leaves her water pot and she runs back to the city and she begins to tell other people right away about what Jesus has just done in her life and I want to note that for you because I want you to understand many times we feel like i 've got to go through an evangelism class or i 've got to have this kind of training or that kind of training. This lady just met Jesus. Dropped her water pot went into town and she began to tell other people about Jesus and the whole town came out to meet him I want you to just think about that for a minute Now there are a few things in this story that really touched me when I think about it because number one She was a woman and if you read the the the, the biblical history of that time, you know women their testimony wasn't counted as anything Right If a man didn't see it, it didn't happen. That's basically the way it was in that culture at that time. And so she knew that was the situation, but because she had had an encounter with Jesus, she didn't care whether people were going to believe her or not. She had to testify to what she had seen, what she had heard, and what she had just experienced so let me tell you something today. Don't let anything disqualify you from sharing your testimony with other people. You may think some people will say, well, I'm, I, you know, I can't share my testimony with these people because they won't relate to me because I'm of a different race. Or I'm a different socioeconomic background or this or that. And I want to tell you today, there is nothing in your life that will disqualify you from sharing your testimony about the goodness of God and what he's done in your life with any human being on the planet. Amen? And this woman is such a great example of that. She did not let that stop her. Number two, she'd been a promiscuous woman. She had been living with all kinds of men, and Jesus told her, you said rightly because you've been living with five men, and the one you're with right now, he ain't your husband either, right? How many of us have a past? I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but you got something in your past. Put it down right here. You got something in your past that you're not happy about. You're not, you're not, you don't want to shout it from the rooftops. This woman, everybody in that city knew who she was. And you know everybody in that city, it wasn't no different than any other city. They're talking about, well, there she is. You know, oh she I heard, girl, you know what I heard. I heard that, you know, that fourth guy, she done dumped him and she's off with another one. And she hears these things. You know, she knows what's happening, she knows the way people think, she knows all these things. And what does that show me? That tells me that your past doesn't disqualify you because when you have an encounter with Jesus and he changes your life, he gives you a new identity, he gives you a new thing and you begin to walk in that newness not three years from now, but today, right now. She, she, she didn't identify with being a promiscuous woman anymore. She identified with being a person that had a relationship with Jesus that had been forgiven of her sins and that was sent on a mission to go and let the world know what Jesus had done in her life. And because of that, we see the power of God released. And I want you to understand, if you look at that, she basically, all she said, this was her message, come and see a man who knows all about me. That was her message. And those, that simple sentence caused the whole city to come out and see Jesus. Because of her testimony, they all came out to hear Jesus and to see Jesus. If she hadn't shared, I want you to think about this, they never would have came. Think about it. If she had not gone back, Jesus would have still been sitting at the well, and the whole city would have missed what God wanted to do. I want to let that sink in for a minute. I want you to understand what I'm saying. Your life and your testimony is tied to the salvation of other people. There are people in your life that don't know Jesus. There are people in your life that are not coming to church. They're not going to hear the pastor. They're not going to get up here. They're they're not going to come and say, yeah, I'd love to come to church with you because they're dealing with things. And some of them are so uh, hurt with the church or broken by the church or they... They have a wrong idea of the church or an understanding. And I I talk to people and their mom and dad got uh, uh, disillusioned with the church. And the kids don't go, not because anybody's ever done anything to them, but because of what happened to their mom and dad. And there are grandkids that don't go to church because something happened to their mom and dad. And those people aren't coming to the church first. But what happens is, is you go out and you meet them and you begin to share with them a different story. You, you begin to share with them a different testimony how Jesus has touched you and how God has changed your life and when they give their life to Jesus, guess where they're coming? They're gonna come right with you and sit right beside you and begin to be added into the body of Christ and God's gonna begin to do some amazing things. If she hadn't shared, they wouldn't have come. And, and John 4, 39, it says, many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me all I ever did. Many people believe because she said this. Now, I don't know about you, but her story does not sound awesome like the demoniac. It, 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 it doesn't have the same flavor, it doesn't have the same awesomeness, but it resonated. Why? Because it was true, because it was real, because Jesus had touched her life and changed her. And see, many people think my testimony's not all that, it's not that great you know, man, you know, I, I grew up in the church or, 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 or this or that. And they, they have these ideas that their testimony is not as powerful as the testimony of the demoniac of the Gadarenes. But I want to tell you something. Your testimony has power not because of the awesomeness of it, because it has the same hero. And that is not you. It's Jesus Christ. Amen? It's got the same hero. It's got the same king of kings and lord of lords in it. Now, I want to look at one passage of scripture in the Old Testament I want you to see this. In 2 Kings chapter 5, I'm going to read you verses 1 through, 5, 1 through 4, if you've got your Bible with you. This is a, I want you to just look at this, and I want to read this and, and just talk to you about this for just a second. This is a real famous uh, story in the Bible with Naaman. It says, Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus, said the girl who is from the land of Israel. Now, if you keep reading, what you're going to find out is is Naaman actually did what she said. And to make a long story short, he finally did listen to the prophet and he dipped in the river seven times and he came up and he was healed. But I want you to think about this story. This girl had been taken captive and taken away from her homeland. She was in the captivity of another country. And when she heard about a problem And she knew she had a solution. She did not hold her word. Can can you imagine what pressure must have been on her? Because if she had said that and he had went and not got healed, what do you think might have happened to her? What do you think Naaman, this this great military leader, would have done if he had went there and did what she said and came back and still had leprosy? You know she was dealing with those thoughts. God, if I say something, how many of you have ever been in that situation? You feel the Holy Spirit telling you to say something, and then all of a sudden all these thoughts start coming in like, boy, if I do that and this doesn't happen, I'm going to look like a fool, or man, these people may hate me. You know that she was dealing with those same thoughts, but what she did was is she knew that God was there. And she knew that God was moving and she had seen God move and she had seen God touch. And so she opened her mouth and testified of the power of God. And because of that, that man took a long journey and received healing from God. Now, I want you to think about the power of that testimony. We don't even know what her name was. But Naaman would never have even known he could be healed if it wasn't for her testimony. There are people all around us. Many of you are here today because of somebody we don't even know. Somebody that's not even here. Somebody that just told you one day what God had done in their life and what God could do in your life. And you had a change in your heart and a change in your life. And that's why you follow Jesus now. That's why you have a relationship with him now. And those people aren't even here. And it's an amazing thing when you think about it. You see, her testimony brought a hope of healing and restoration. Think about what your testimony can do in the lives of people that are hurting. Her testimony was what caused the faith of Naaman to go and receive a miracle. One of the things that I have learned, I don't, know, I don't pretend to know why this happens, but I've shared my testimony with people and I've seen them weep and give their lives to Jesus. And I've shared my testimony with people and I've had them laugh in my face and mock me. Now, why that is the case, I don't know why it has the power over some and and, and it doesn't have power over others. But what I understand is, is that if I'm not faithful to share what God has done in my life, that person won't even have an opportunity to know what God can do in theirs. Amen. When you share what God has done in your life or for others, their faith can rise to the level of that miracle. And I'm going to tell you, when I hear your testimony, I'll share it with somebody else for that very reason. If, if I hear that testimony, do you know that when we, t- when we preach and when we talk about that demoniac of the gatherings, how many people over the years have been delivered and set free and healed because that man's testimony has been shared? Amen. That's what it is. And just that same way, your testimony is personal to you because Jesus has touched you and changed you. What I want to do right now is I want to take just a couple of minutes and I could share my testimony for a day, an hour, or two minutes. So I'm going to give you the, the two minute version of my testimony of how I came to know Jesus Christ. I grew up in southern Alabama, and I grew up in a, in a working class family. And uh, my family went to church when I was 12 years old. My family stopped going to church, and consequently, I stopped going to church. I didn't stop loving God, I had a relationship with God, but I started hanging out with the wrong crowd. I started drinking, I started getting into fights. Uh, I got really violent. I had a lot of anger going on in my life. And so like most people that like to drink and fight at 17, I joined the Marine Corps. It was a perfect fit. You know, I started going all over the world and, and I was drinking and fighting. That's, that's what we did. And it was great for a while. And then I got to a place where I had come out of Bosnia. I was, in, I was, in a, I was a reconnaissance Marine. I had been in Bosnia. I was on a Navy ship called the USS Wasp. And I had a bad problem with alcohol. I had gotten to the place where I was an alcoholic, I was a functioning alcoholic, but I drank all the time. And I drank to forget uh, what was going on in my life, the, the pain and some of the, I didn't have any peace and I was just turmoil on the inside. And so I would just get so drunk, I would black out and I didn't have to think about things. And that was the situation I was in. And, and uh, to make a long story short, uh, I went out, um, came out of Bosnia and we stopped in Malta and I didn't even know Malta was in the Bible. I found out later Paul got shipwrecked there. Well, I got spiritually shipwrecked in Malta. I went out drank for two days straight, blacked out, came back. Uh, I attacked my team leader, uh, assaulted him physically in front of a bunch of people that were not just in my unit. And uh, when I woke up the next morning, I had no memory of what I had done, but I knew something bad had happened because everybody was just like, oh, man. And they told me what happened, and I said, oh, man. And so my team leader didn't talk to me for a few days, and he came down, he said, the captain wants to see you in his stateroom. And I knew what that meant, and when you're on ship, you get what's called captain's mask. And I knew what was happening. You can't have a lawyer present. It's whatever comes, comes. And when they told me that, I said, okay, I'm, I'm done. So I go up and see the captain, and he basically says, uh, he had all these signed statements, and he said, uh, said, I want you to read these. He said, is this what happens? And I said, sir, I have no memory of what happened, but I trust every one of these men with my life. And if they say that's what happened, that's exactly what happened. He said, all right, you can stand by. You're gonna lose your rank. You're gonna, you're gonna uh, lose your pay for two months, or half a month's pay for two months, and you're gonna be confined to the ship for the next three months. And you would think that would have jolted me, but what it did is it made me angry because I was still blaming other people. And i made a plan in my mind right then of how I was gonna kill my team leader. And I knew how to do it, and I began to plot it right there. And I'm telling you, I was so full of anger, I was so full of rage. And uh, I knew that if I saw him, I would try to kill him in front of everybody. So I just walked up on the flight deck of the ship. I was on a big uh, LHD, the USS Wasp. I walked up there, and I tried to calm myself down. And I go back into the berthing area of the ship. And you know, if, if I don't know if any of you have ever been on ship, but you got these big speakers up in the corner. And the chaplain comes over the the speakers every night, and he tells a little story, and he says a little prayer for the ship, and none of the guys that I was with wanted to hear him. We didn't want to hear what he had to say. Everybody's like, shut up, because we're watching a movie, and there's a TV on the wall, and when the chaplain starts talking, the movie freezes. And you can imagine, everybody's like, shut up, we want to finish the movie. It's just a bad Uh, Experience, at least the the one I was on anyway. And so I was in that same situation, and I remember the chaplain comes over the speaker that night and he says, There's some of you on this ship, and you're not living the right way, but you know the right way, and today's the day for a change. And when he said that, it was like I heard an audible voice. I thought it was really audible. And I heard the Lord speak to me, and he said, I've given you many chances to turn around and, and live for me. And he said, If you don't turn away from your sin and serve me, I won't come back for you. And when I heard that, It was so real to me. I was looking around, and the movie came back on, and everybody's laughing and joking, and I'm thinking, wait a second. I was like, I didn't hear that, and I'm looking around to see if other people heard that, and nobody heard it. And so I start trying to tell myself, you know, man, God's grace is, you know, God, I knew about grace. I'd heard that, you know. I was like, man, God's grace, He, you know, of course he's going to come back, but I knew in my heart what was going on. And I was trying to just argue with him. And all of a sudden, I felt the fear of God come on me. And I began to shake like this. I couldn't stop myself from shaking. Tears started coming down my face. And I was like, there's no way these guys are going to see me cry. So I jumped up and ran to the head as fast as I could. And for about 30 minutes, I argued with God. And I told him why I couldn't be a Christian right now. And I said, Lord, I can't live for you. I said, you see what I'm doing. You see the the, the people that I'm around. How am I going to do this and be a Christian? I don't want to be fake and it was crickets. I knew that it was now or never, and I'm going to tell you, I got on my face, and I didn't know how to pray. I prayed a real simple prayer, and I said, God, I've made a mess out of my life, and I said, if you can do something with me, take my life. It's yours, and I got up out of that coffin rack, and I'm telling you, that was April of 1998, and my life has never been the same since then. God changed my life. He turned me around, and that's a That's a short version of my testimony, and I've been able to share that not just from the platform, but with so many people. And and I've seen God touch people's lives, not because of of all the things that that happened, but because of the power of God in my life. And I want to share with you really quickly this last thing. Two weeks after I got saved, I was on the ship still, somebody came to me and they said, the captain said, uh, you're going to have to go to Alcoholics Anonymous Classes. And when they first said that to me, now I'm a baby Christian, I don't have a church, I don't have anybody discipling me, I'm following Jesus and I've got a Bible and I'm reading it like six to eight hours a day. I couldn't get enough of it. It was just crazy. I, I was like, I would, I'd be talking to my buddies and I'd be back in that coffin rack and they'd come to get me for breakfast and they're like, what are you doing? You're reading the Bible. And I'm like, yeah, I I'm, I'm I'm good. Y'all go ahead. And they'd come back for lunch and they'd stick their head in there. And I'm still reading the Bible. And I'm like, man, have you ever heard of this? I'm like, look at this. And they're like, man, he's gone nuts. He's he's lost his mind. They'd come back for supper to get me. I'm still reading it because I can't get enough of this thing. And so a couple of weeks goes by, like I said, and they said, hey, the captain wants you to go to this AA meeting. And I lashed out because I still was dealing with my flesh, you know, like I still am now, but not as bad, thank God. He's, he's helping me. It's a process, amen. And so at that time, I was still kind of violent, you know, and they said, you know, the captain wants you to go down to the AA meeting. I said, I don't need to go to AA meetings. Jesus delivered me. I, instantly, I was delivered from alcohol. Hadn't wanted another drop since that day. Gone, Done. And the Holy Spirit just spoke to me real quick and he said, maybe I'm not sending you there for you. Maybe I'm sending you there for somebody else. I said, yes, sir, I got it. So I'm telling the Lord, I said, God, you give me a chance. And when I go down there, I'm telling you, I'm gonna tell people what you've done in my life. I didn't know what a testimony was, but I was like, I'm gonna tell them what you did for me. So I get down there in the the lower ships classroom and I go in there and I'm telling y'all, I was bold now. I was going in there to tell people about Jesus. And I sat down and you know, I hope you've never been there, but if you if you hadn't, it's like it is in the movies, there's a big circle of people. And I went in there and sat down, and there, there, the, the lady that was facilitating, you know, she goes, uh, she goes, uh, James, would you like to share something with the group? And when she said that, it was like fear gripped me, and I couldn't say anything. I'm a Marine and I'm not I'm I'm just fighting two weeks ago. I'm not afraid of anything. But when it came to telling people what Jesus had done for me, all of a sudden, I was so afraid and I was so ashamed of being afraid because I was like, what in the world is wrong with me? And 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 I'm having this inner turmoil. And I was like, okay, God, if she comes back around, I'm going to say something. And boy, at the end of that meeting, it came back around. She goes, James, are you sure you got nothing you want to say? And I said, no, nope, nothing. <laughs> and the meeting was over. And I feel so horrible. And I feel like, God, I have failed you. And we're in that we were in the large classroom, and I remember just getting down in the chair after everybody left, and I wept before the Lord. And I said, God, I don't have the strength to tell people what you've done in my life, and I know you've changed me. And I said, I'm so embarrassed, and I felt so defeated, and I went back to my rack, and I got my Bible out, and I was still reading, and I got over there to 1 Peter 3.15, and it says, always be prepared to give an account for the hope that lies within you. And I thought, I wasn't prepared, that's what it is. And so I said, God, you've gotta show me in the Bible what it means, what the Bible says about drinking. I had no idea, and I start reading my Bible, and I'm telling you, this was before Google days. I didn't have a computer, I had a Bible, and I'm just going page after page, chapter after chapter, and I get over into Proverbs, where it says, don't stare at wine when it sparkles in the cup, because it goes down smooth, but in the end, it bites like a viper, and you're gonna get up and stagger around and say, when can I have another? drink. And I found that passage and I said, oh my gosh, you gave it to me, Lord. And I said, God, help me and give me courage. And I went down there and I'm going to tell y'all, I had my Bible and I was so embarrassed to carry a Bible because like I said, two weeks ago, I'd been beating people up And that's who everybody knew. And I remember thinking, I just want to put my Bible like this under my camis and hide it when I'm walking down there. And it took everything I could do to take that Bible and hold it in my hand and walk through the ship. And I knew everybody was looking at it. And I promise you, nobody even paid attention. But for me, I felt like everybody's like, what's he doing with that Bible? What's he doing there? And I went down there and I got in there and I said, listen, I got something that I want to share and the lady says, okay, and I'm terrified. My knees are shaking. I've jumped out of airplanes, done all kinds of things. That was the most scary thing I had done at that moment in my life. I'm not kidding me, my knees were going like this. I said, I got something that I wanna share. I said, I wanna tell you guys, and I shared my testimony with them, and I said, I'm telling you, Jesus Christ set me free from alcohol. And I said, you don't need AA, you need Jesus. And I said, uh, and I read those Proverbs, and everybody looked at me like a, like a cow staring at a new gate. It was crickets. And I felt like, oh, my gosh, I'm an idiot. And I thought, God, I thought you were going to do something. And I just said, listen, I don't know what to tell you. I said, but if you want to know Jesus, I didn't even know what I was talking about. I said, if you want to know Jesus, I said, when, when this thing's over with, I'm going to stay in here and, and I'd love to talk to you about it. And I'm thinking, what am I even saying? I don't know what to say. And I sit down. And as soon as I sat down, there was another Marine there and he was so arrogant and so full of anger and he hated God and he stood up and for the next 45 minutes, he just tried to destroy everything that I had said. And I told y'all, I had just got saved and I'm sitting on my hands because I want to get up and punch him right in the mouth. And I mean, that's literally, I kept seeing myself. I'm like, God, I'm going to knock this fool out. I mean, that's what I'm saying. He's not going to talk about you like that. And the Holy Spirit's like, you be quiet and you sit there. Don't say a word. And I literally sat on my hands and I'm like, God, please help me. Please help me. And this guy, just for the rest of that time, he just bashed everything. And the meeting was over. And one by one, I sat there and watched everybody walk out. And I felt like a failure and I was just crying. I said, God, I thought you were going to do something. I thought if I told people what you did in my life, you were going to do something. And I just sat there and I said, God, I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I didn't have a pastor to call, I didn't know what to do. And I remember thinking, well, I'm just going to go to the chow hall and I want to get me something to drink before I go back to the rack. And so I went in the chow hall and I'm telling you guys this, I'll never forget this as long as I live my life. has never been the same since that night. I went in the chow hall and I'm sitting there at the fountain and I'm getting some water out of the fountain and out of my peripheral vision, I see a guy walking up from the left and it was one of the guys that was in that meeting. And he gets about from me to the pastor over here away in the middle of a chow hall on the USS Wasp. And he starts looking at me and he begins to weep like a baby. The presence of God comes down into that place and I have no idea what's going on. I start crying like a baby. And we're looking at each other in the chow hall, looking at each other, just crying. And I'm thinking, people are going to think this is nuts. It was like one of those love movies, you know, where people come back together and they're like, there you are. I mean, that's what it looked like. And I'm thinking, what is going on? And this guy walks up to me and he said these words that changed my life. I've never been the same since then. He looked at me and he said this. He said, I don't know what you have, but I want it too. And it, it wrecked me. And I didn't know what to say. I said, listen, all I can tell you is Jesus has changed my life. I took my Bible. We went back into that ship's classroom. And the Holy Spirit led me. As a kid, I had memorized Romans 10, 9 through 10 in Bible school. in in a, in a Bible uh, Sunday school, I had memorized that. And the Holy Spirit reminded me of that. And I took him to that verse. And I led him in the sinner's prayer. And he gave his life to Jesus. Why do I share that with you today? I didn't have a church. I didn't have a pastor, but I had the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me, and he empowered me to share what he had done in my life. And I want to tell you something today. When you share what God has done in your life, God will change the lives of people around you. I've been blessed to go to many nations since then and get to share my testimony and get to share the gospel with others. And I want to just do this as we get ready to close because I know I'm going late. I want to just pray for you this morning, and this is what I want to do. I want to give you an example because every time you want to share the gospel with somebody or you want to share your testimony, I want to ask you to raise your hand. How many of you deal with fear? Would you be honest and say, when you get ready to say something to somebody about God, it's like, I've been doing this for 20 years, and I still get afraid. I still battle that. That still comes at me. And I want to give you an example, a visual example, and then real quick, I want to pray for you today if that's you, and you say, man, I deal with this, but I have a desire to be used by God, and I have a desire to share my testimony so that others can know about Jesus. Can I get two guys up here, big guys, real quick? I'm not going to embarrass you. I I need two really big guys real quick. And we get some, there's one. Come on, brother. Give me one more. Come on. Come on, quick, guys. There we go. One more. And now let me, let me go ahead and all three of you come. Go ahead, brother. Come on up here. I need you two. So I want to give you a visual example of this so you can see it. Y'all come here in the middle. I want to get you to just stand right over there. And I want you two gentlemen to come right up here and stand right here. And face me. You two face me. Come right over here. All right. Let me get you to stand here. We're going to get this working. You stand right here. So let me show you how this works in the, in the spiritual realm. So I see that guy over there. And the Holy Spirit's dealing with me. You've had that experience before where it's like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to say to him, but I know I'm supposed to say something. The Holy Spirit just highlights him. I'm supposed to share my testimony or whatever. And then as soon as I see him, what happens? Fear is right here in front of me. And I I start looking at fear and I start backing up and I'm looking. And I want to tell you something. Breakthrough is always on the other side of fear. Other people's salvation is on the other side of fear. The power of God is not over here. It's as you break through and go over there. What does 2 Timothy 1, 7 say? The Lord didn't give me a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. And I'm going to tell you, if you don't deal with fear, as soon as it rises up, it will deal with you. And so what I've learned to do is the moment I feel that fear... When I hear God tell me to do, and the moment I see that person and that fear just stands up there, I just—I have that word in my heart, that's 2 Timothy 1, 7, and I want to show you what this looks like so spiritually you can have this in your mind. I say, the Lord didn't give me a spirit of fear, but power and love and sound mind, and I come through that, and I'm now on the other side, and now he can have victory through the power of Jesus. Why? Because I broke through fear through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Thank you, guys. Will you give them a hand? This is what the Bible says. Acts 1.8. And I know Pastor was just doing a a, a message on the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 says this. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you will receive power to do what? To do what? Pray in tongues? Hey, praise God for praying in tongues. But what does the Holy Spirit come on you to give you power for? To be a witness. What does a witness do? They testify to what they've seen, what they've heard, and what they've experienced. And I'm telling you, there's an army of testimonies in this place that God is getting ready to unleash on the Bay City area. And when people begin to hear what God has done in your life, they're going to have a hunger to have that same experience with Him. So right now, if you're here today and you want to receive prayer to break through that, and I'm telling you, I want to pray that the Holy Spirit is going to come on you this morning and He's 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 gonna give you power to share his word and power to share your testimony. Get up and come quickly right now and we wanna pray for you. We wanna pray for you. Come quickly, come quickly, come quickly. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Pastor, you wanna come? You wanna come and pray with me? And while they're coming, I wanna say this to you. You may be here today and you say, I don't have a testimony. If you've not repented of your sins, And you've not put your faith in Jesus. And he's not changed your life. Then you don't have a testimony. But I came here all the way from Alabama to tell you today. That today's the day you can have a testimony. Today's the day that you can repent of your sins. And put your faith in Jesus Christ. And what he's done for me. What he did for the demoniac of the gatherings, what he did for the woman at the well, what he did for every one of these people up here who are coming to receive prayer, he can do for you today. Amen. So before we pray for them, I want to pray for you. If you're here today and Jesus is not the Lord of your life, and you say, Pastor, I don't have a testimony. I don't have a breakthrough, but I want one today. I'm going to ask everybody in here, just close your eyes really quickly, and right where you're sitting, Right where you're sitting, you can make a decision today to repent of your sins and put your faith in Jesus. And I'm going to ask you to do that. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer this morning. And if you say, Pastor, I'm here today and I need a testimony. I need to know the power of Jesus Christ to change my life. And I'm ready today to repent of my sin and turn from my way of thinking and my way of living and I want to follow Jesus. If that's you today, I want you to just pray this with me and then when we get done praying, before you leave today, make sure you come and see Pastor Noe and let him know you made that decision so he can help you walk that out. So if that's you today, just go ahead and pray this with me out loud. Just say, Father, in Jesus' name, I repent. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. I thank you for coming in right now and changing me and making me new. I love you, Jesus. Take my life and have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. If you prayed that prayer today, don't leave today without sharing your testimony. Don't leave today without sharing with Pastor Noah what God's done in your life. So real quick, We're just going to come by and brother, if you want to start on this end and I'll start on this end and we're going to lay hands on you this morning and we're going to believe God. It, It doesn't have to be a long thing. How many of you know the Holy Spirit's already been poured out? He's in the room right now. He lives on the inside of you. And I'm telling you, a boldness is getting ready to be released so that you can break through that fear and every time it comes you're going to remember what that looks like and you're going to say not today satan i'm not going to back off i'm going to go and i'm going to do what god has called me to do so father right now in jesus name let boldness come father in jesus name the boldness of the holy ghost right now boldness in the name of jesus christ to share your testimony to share what god has done in your life god let the boldness of the holy ghost flow into them today in jesus name God, let the, flow, the fire of God flow in Jesus' name. Boldness right now in Jesus' name. Boldness to share your testimony. The grace of God. Boldness right now in Jesus' name. God, touch your people right now in Jesus' name. Let the boldness of the Holy Ghost flow through their lives, God, in Jesus' name right now. Father, I thank you for it. I thank you for it, God. Right now, let the boldness flow in Jesus' name. Lord, we break every attack of the devil, every mental attack, God. We declare in Jesus' name that whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Lord, let the testimony of the saints Flow in this place God let the gospel go forth God let the power of their testimony be released in Jesus name Holy Ghost we thank you right now for boldness right now in the mighty name of Jesus boldness right now Lord let the power of God and the grace of God fill them to overflowing God let the Holy Ghost flow in their lives God power in their testimony in Jesus name right now Father in Jesus name Lord, we bless them today in Jesus' name. Let the power of their testimony come out in Jesus' name, Father. We thank you, Jesus, that as they share, oh God, you're going to move. You're going to move. I'm telling you right now, there's, there's fears that when we share, nothing's going to happen. And I'm telling you today, when you share what Jesus has done, something's getting ready to happen. Something's getting ready to break through. Thank you, Jesus, right now. Lord, let your presence flow. Let the Holy Ghost flow in Jesus' name. Lord, let there be an anointing right now in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for it. We give you praise for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name.